Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Racetech. Racetech gold valves, basically a revalve in a box. Don't believe me? Check out the website and mention Big MX Radio over the phone or over email and save some money by mentioning Big MX Radio. You can also save money with Luxon MX. Great product and great people over at Luxon MX. You can save 10% with Big MX at checkout. Your next set of triple clamps should be from Luxon MX. We are also sponsored by WSA. John Anderson, Kristen Anderson, amazing people, and they have unbelievable product. You don't just have to buy the wheels. You could buy specific components for your wheels from WSA. They have spoke and nipple kits as well as you can buy some rims and you can save some money by entering Big MX Radio at checkout or mentioning Big MX Radio when you place your order. Big MX 20 with Guts Racing saves you 20%. Seat bases, lightweight seat foam, as well as their amazing seat covers. They're unreal, great product, great service with our friends over at Guts Racing, and you can save yourself some money with Big MX20 at checkout. SKDA Graphics is also on board with us, as well as Phoenix Handlebars. Phoenix Handlebars, you can save 15%. Great handlebars, great looking stuff. They have really, really neat looking uh, bar bar pad covers, kind of customize the look of your bike. Uh, So yeah, get those, that'd be awesome. 15% 15% off is Big MX Radio 15. And then also, last but not least, is Fox Racing Canada. You guys know the drill. Head to the website, memorize the catalog, and then head into your local dealer like Maple Ridge Motorsports and get yourself completely fitted and kitted. You're going to be looking good and feeling good from our friends over at Fox Racing Canada. You'll be protected as well. Heartbeat Hot Sauce, great product. Honestly, I really, really love everything they have got going on over at Heartbeat Hot Sauce. They have delicious product. Um, you don't even need a lot of it. I've like I've had the stuff for about a month now, and I've barely put a dent into any of the six bottles that they sent me. I would highly recommend going to Amazon and picking some up for yourself. All right, guys, let's get to this podcast with Daxton Bennick. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we have Daxton Bennick. Daxton, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, I can't wait to get into it. All right, man. Like, Supercross Futures is in the rearview mirror. You've been on the top step of the podium. <laughs> like, it's it's got to feel good for you. Uh, tell us a little bit about preparing for these races. Uh, like, you've shown a lot of speed, a lot of uh, a lot of skill. Uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of hard work went into this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I actually live at the goat farm right now, training with the star guys every day. So it's good. It's like we're almost racing every day. So the intensity is high and, uh, yeah, it's good to surround yourself with people that are better than you because they'll only elevate your game. So that's kind of what we've been doing. We practice everything. So yeah, it's been really good. And we even ride when it's muddy or dry. So you're ready for any condition. Certainly. So you've 
you've won not one but two of these, both of which uh, winning by seven seconds or, or more. Uh, extremely fast lap times on, on both occasions. In fact, qualifying, you would have been damn near uh, the, the top ten, even in the big class, uh, on both both occasions. Like You, you were going extremely fast. Uh, that's got to be a big confidence booster to you, knowing that like you're going to step into the pro ranks in Supercross in probably one year's time. Uh, that you already are showing the skill set needed to be able to uh, to ride at least the the qualifying pace, um, and then I'm sure get, getting into it in the races uh, is a whole other story. But uh, stepping stones, right? Yeah, for sure. It's it's good to see that you know because uh, obviously going pro is a lot different than what I'm doing right now. But at least So as long as I keep that up, I believe I should go into the pros and do pretty well. Yeah, and you know what? You've been doing pretty well uh, throughout your amateur career. That is, uh, uh, to say the least, a uh, KTM kid for the longest time. Uh, you switched brands uh, going into this year, and that must have been an adjustment for you. Uh, going from a chromoly steel frame uh, for basically your entire time on big bikes, or well, was your entire time on big bikes, including on, on super minis as well, uh, what kind of adjustment period was it like for you? Uh, we, we've seen guys in the past uh, have uh, have a rough transition. We've also had seen kids have some pretty uh, smooth uh, transition in the fact that uh, uh, Julian Bomir, who was on a Yamaha just four or five weeks ago, now uh, he's sitting on uh, something similar to what you used to ride. Yeah, I know. For me, it was a big it was a big change for sure. Um, I rode KTM's my whole literally my whole entire life, so. I've never felt anything different, really. So hopping on the Yamaha was a big change. And even, like, when I got here, they threw me straight on Supercross, and I haven't really ridden much Supercross, uh, you know, before that. And it was good. I mean, I kind of adapted pretty well to it. Um, it definitely felt a lot different. Like, you know, the clutch is not hydraulic, so that's a big difference. And just, uh, obviously, the bike is way, way different. But this team's really good over here, and they got me comfortable quick. And yeah, we're still testing, figuring out what could be better. So it's really good. And then the, the bike's amazing. Yeah, um, those star racing Yamahas, even uh, amateur trim, are are serious fire breathers. Do you think that it was maybe a good thing that you went straight to Supercross, something that you didn't have a ton of experience on, uh, going to like kind of uh, new style of riding and new motorcycle, um, like the like more Supercross is going to probably going to feel foreign to you, regardless of what you're on. Um, but then also adjusting to a new bike, a new bike, um, like maybe allowed you to sort of, uh, take things a little bit one step at a time. Yeah. Well, what I meant to say was I've, I've actually been riding Supercross for a while, but yeah. just like when they threw me on Supercross, I was, I just didn't ride any Supercross. I think it was right after, uh, I don't when it was, but I was pretty much outdoor for, you know, a couple months prior to that. So, um, and Supercross, I ran a little Supercross on my KTM, I think a few weeks before that, just like a day, but it was, uh, even like when I owned my KTM, when I was used to it, going back to Supercross is like a completely different feel, you know, like the bike feels like it doesn't move and the, you know, Supercross is just totally different, but yeah, um, it was good for sure. It took me a couple of days to figure out the tracks. Obviously were a lot harder to get used to here just because, I, mean, I was mainly used to riding my Supercross track at my house, and it, it's good, but it wasn't 
um, as peaky and like the whoops weren't nearly as big to the one here. So it took me a little time to figure the track out and get used to the bike, obviously, but things started working pretty quick and, you know, it's been good from there. No doubt. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, you've also got some pretty fast teammates around you who, uh, uh, it kind of, it kind of could be a, a negative and a positive, like, uh, like you guys, you go fast or used to being one of the fastest guys at the track on the, on a regular basis. And you show up to star racing Yamaha where, uh, everybody's on an absolute fire breather. Everybody goes really fast. And even if one races, uh, at the, even the 450 class or the 250 class, some of the guys, some of those guys have even won championships. Um, what was the the atmosphere like rolling into a situation like that with uh, probably some familiar faces of guys that you've probably been teammates with in the past uh, and also some guys that you've been uh, competitive with as well? Yeah, it was uh, it was cool. I mean, I was I knew everyone here decently well, but um, I felt like I was I was uh, held to a pretty high expectation just because you know the guys around me are really good, so I knew I had to get to that point and. The first couple of days, I definitely wasn't nowhere near that, obviously. So it took me some time. And uh, I guess the main thing that helped me was I, I didn't like have any crazy crashes or anything. Like I know I had to be smart while I was adjusting to it because uh, if you get hurt, you can't do anything. So that was a, a big thing was staying healthy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've just been learning a lot. And it's cool to be around these guys because they do go really, really fast. And uh, everyone is pushing every single day. So it's good. And it elevates everyone's game really certainly it would be very diff- easy to get hard on yourself uh obviously with some expect expectation being placed upon you um riding coaches and team members aside how does daxton bennick like in when when all the noise goes away um kind of control yourself and sort of uh be present in the moment say hey i'm not the fastest guy today but if I do the right things, I put the work in, uh, I'm going to get there. Um, like for a kid who's sort of, I wouldn't say like expected to get results, but that is sort of what it is. Uh, but also you have high expectations of yourself. How do you manage that? Yeah. So like you said, aside the trainers and everything like that, um, you know, I just mainly believe in myself and know that, you know, these guys probably weren't as good as I was right now. So, um, that helps me and know that I will get to that level eventually. So, uh, yeah, I'm just really trying to be more confident in myself and knowing like I do have the skill. I, I do work hard. I'm doing the same thing as these guys do. So, you know, if I'm doing these things correctly, then, uh, I'll for sure be at that point. So, yeah. Certainly. And so like you've had a lot of success coming all the way up from, from 65, 50s, 65s, 85 super minis, and then on the big bikes. Um, you've had success every, every, basically every season that you've been racing. Uh, do you ever sometimes look back at that, the journey that you've, uh, you've had throughout your amateur career, uh, which, um, is essentially coming to an end and maybe about six months time or so, uh, of all the things that you've been through over the years, uh, in, injury small injuries big injuries um adversity stuff like that that's the sort of stuff that you uh you put in your pocket and uh use the lessons down the road yeah for sure looking back it's crazy i had a really good little bike career and then straight when i hopped on the big bike uh, i believe three years ago i raced uh 250b stock and i was 13 and um i broke my collarbone a week before no sorry two weeks before Loretta's and I got it plated and um, I really wanted to race Loretta's. So 
I ended up racing Loretta's and I got second to Levi, which obviously is now my teammate. So that's pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, actually, cool story is I had, I think it was last two years ago, sorry, I had a point in my career where, like, um, things weren't going very good. Uh, I mean, I got really sick at one point at Loretta's, and then that obviously led on to the combine two weeks after that. And uh, I did horrible at Loretta's, and I didn't even know I was sick. I had COVID that whole entire week. And, I mean, it was mentally very, very hard for me because, I, I mean, I didn't know what to think. I was getting beat by kids that I should never get beat by. So, you know, I was really down about that, but – uh, looking back on it now, it's like it's so crazy. Like I thought it was kind of over at that point, but uh, I'd say I I bounced back pretty good. No kidding. Yeah, like COVID honestly is no joke. I didn't have it for the longest time, and uh, it wiped me out for a good two weeks. And then after that, like the fatigue and just sort of brain fog was, it was next level. I I like. I didn't like, I kind of almost didn't have it during COVID, if that makes sense. I, I only got it this last December and I, yeah, I completely underestimated any of the, uh, the effects and it, uh, it kicked my butt pretty good. Yeah. It's gnarly. Like even for me riding, it felt like it was kind of weird, but it felt like the bumps were really big when they were, they weren't, but it just felt like that for some reason. And it felt like everything was coming at me super, super fast. So I couldn't like, I remember my timing was off. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't do anything. I was very tired all the time. Couldn't push. Like it was, uh, it was crazy. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so you, you said you got onto a 250F at 13, which is quite young. Uh, you, you must've uh, been doing some serious growing when you were on super minis. In fact, I think I remember seeing some pictures of you on super minis where, uh, you look like you could be an adult. Uh, but, uh, cause you, I think you're, you're yeah. you probably got to be about five, nine right then and there and, uh, and, and have stayed there. Um, like what was that transition like for you at a super young age? You might've had the height, but maybe not the strength. Yeah, um, I did obviously get really tall, like, towards the end of Super Minis, which it was time to move to a 125, and then that's when COVID hit, so I was like, uh, and it was kind of, like, expensive to build a 125 and all that, so I just rode a stock 250, and I, I loved the stock 250, and I actually told my dad, I was like, I rode, I rode it for the first time, and I was like, yeah, I, can, I think I can win Loretta's on this bike, like, I'll be good enough to win, and, you know, I mean, he believed in me, and I believed it, so that was the goal was to go win Loretta's. And, um, yeah, I mean, I got on 250 at, you know, a young age, but I think it was pretty good. Obviously like that bike was heavy and I was pretty weak for it, but I rode it really, really well when I was young. So I think it, it was a good choice. Honestly, it, it was a scary move back then. Cause I, I know a lot of people were like, why would you do that? You know, that's not smart, but I think it, it was good. I went to Loretta's and got second in, uh, I believe both classes, 450B and 250B stock. So, it was good, for sure. Well, no kidding, man. You, you adapted to it quite well. Um, let's talk about uh, your, your friendly competition. Like, there's guys, like, if you look back in photos of uh, either uh, Verb or Moto Playground or video edits and stuff like that is, um, and, and you see it now in the pros, guys like Anderson and Barsha have been racing each other since they were, uh, like, they didn't even have their adult teeth in yet. Um, and, and same goes for you with like guys like Casey Crocker I'm sure you've ran into him, uh, a ton of times. Uh, same thing with, uh, with danger boy Deegan, you guys are, in fact, I think you guys are even closer in age. 
Um, what's that relationship like? Uh, especially like that. One, at one point, you and Deegan are, are teammates. Uh, you guys are now again. Um, but at the same time, you're still competitors. Uh, where do you draw that line? And uh, is it weird to battle tooth and nail with somebody that you probably built little dirt bike tracks in a sandbox with? Yeah. Um, obviously, me and Hayden have been pretty much switching championships our whole life since the fifty. So. I mean, I've won one, he's won one. It's been like that our whole life. But it's it's not really weird, honestly. It's We're good friends. Like then, We were good friends back then, and we're still really good friends now. And um, we'll race each other pretty hard. Even practicing, we'll practice hard. But it's not like even if I bump him or he bumps me, like we're cool. Like we're, we're not going to get all mad about it or upset. Like we just know like, that's racing. And uh, it's not weird. It feels like – it actually feels better. Like I would be more comfortable if he hit me <laughs> Because, I mean, I wouldn't care. I would just hit him back. So, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm sure, like, the fans probably see it as more animosity uh, because they're not already in that position. With you guys, it's, like, that's, that's what you guys do for work, essentially. Uh, literally is what you guys do for work. And, uh, yeah, it's all part of it. Like, uh, you, you, need to get, you need to get in close quarters in order to, um, like, to make passes sometimes. That's just how it works. Um, what's in the number? Not like I, I, they don't, they no longer allow three digit permanent numbers. Although I, I bet you'd probably petition the AMA to let you have the, uh, the two forty one. Maybe you just want to grab uh, the 41, uh, for yourself and, and just be done with that. But, um, why the two forty one? that's been your calling card from the very beginning. Uh, yeah, mainly just cause my dad was two forty one when he raced pro. So that's, that's really it. Fair enough. Just carrying your dad's number four. That's pretty cool. Um, that, that's that's got to mean a lot to you that you're able to carry that in through uh, a couple of wins, and uh, especially yeah. at the Supercross Futures, where like that that's basically the pinnacle now of uh, as far as indoor uh, racing is for uh, for Supercross for amateur amateur racing. Um, him having seen you through literally your entire career, uh, that must be pretty cool for you to be able to share that with him. Yeah, it is for sure. It carried on, and he's been like there obviously since day one. So, and he's kind of the like he gives me a lot of input, like, and he knows what he's talking about too. So that's good. I I feed off him a lot, and he's pretty hard on me, but he knows what I'm capable of, and I feel like he pushes me to where I can be, and like you know, so that's a big help for sure. Tell me about a time that he uh, he really tore a strip off of you at after a race. Uh, he was ready to kill me at, at Loretta's two years ago when I had COVID. I didn't know anything was wrong with me. He didn't either, but, like, I'm pretty sure he was like, if you do bad again this motto, this camper's pulling out of here. And I, <laughs> so <laughs> he was not happy. But, I mean, he's probably, probably serious about that, too. Like, he was not happy, and he just knows what I'm capable of. And whenever he sees me not perform to what I should be performing to, then he's obviously not happy at all. So. But he's also, if I do good, then he's really happy for me. So it goes both ways. Yeah, well, it's honestly, you just, like I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of pressure. And uh, yeah, he wants to see you ride to the potential that you're able to ride to because. At this point, every time you hit the track, uh, it's all eyes on uh, on the front of the pack, and uh, typically you're right there uh, doing your thing, man. Um, does that add pressure, or does that pump you up to uh, to perform? Um. So now it it feels I feel more.
Um, I like the pressure. It's not doesn't. I feel like it doesn't really bother me. At one point, it definitely did, but now it it feels good, and uh, I've. I'm starting to believe in myself a lot more. So, you know, when you believe in yourself, then that helps a lot. Certainly. Have you guys ever talked about, like, say, a situation where, hey, like, you do go to the pros and a, a few races don't go well? Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, like, obviously, you did, you had a, a dreadful um Loretta's a couple of years ago, and that seemed to have stung. But uh, what if Daxton Bennett comes out after uh, Loretta's and 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 gets like a thirteenth or an eighteenth? Like, are like I feel like there's that's uh, it's a kind of a litmus test for a lot of young racers who, if if they don't immediately perform, if they're not immediately at the front of the pack, how they have been their entire lives, um, a lot of it, it can be pretty damaging to uh, the the, the self confidence, uh, like. I don't want that to happen for you. And I hope that you know that, um, like, even if it's a slow start to the career, it's, um, it's, that doesn't mean that uh, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, for sure. It's hard because, you know, any team wants you to go out and, and perform for sure, but it's hard at a young age. And I mean, if it takes a, a couple, couple races or even a, you know, it might take more than that. Like, you know, it could take up to a year or whatever it, takes but um as long as the team believes in you then i think you're good like and they want to support you because uh i think that's the main thing honestly but yeah i mean my goal would be to go out and do pretty well like i mean everyone's goal is that but i believe it's pretty achievable certainly uh so tell me a little bit about the team dynamic you're obviously on the amateur side of things uh, but you've got a, a steady mix uh, of young guys as well as some veterans on the team. Um, oldest being Jordan Smith. Uh, do you ever crack on Jordan about like uh, turning pro on like carbureted motorcycles or like what was it like racing 500s and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's funny because he is obviously a lot older. But I got, I mean, Smitty's more the jokester. He'll always crack jokes, but. Him, he's always making people laugh, so that's a good thing. <laughs> you shouldn't like next time you see him, you should be like, "Hey, Smitty, what was it like when you guys switched from right side up to uh, uh, inverted suspension? That must have been a wild time back in the nineties." <laughs> yeah, I'll have to give him that. He'll, he'll probably laugh. <laughs> Perfect. Sure. Yeah, then crack on him about his golf game because it's absolutely horrid. Ah, uh, no, he's a way more golfer <laughs> than me. Um, but uh, like preparing for the the races this like coming up this summer Loretta's it's a huge one uh, there's a few other races that are kind of much must dos uh, as far as an amateur um, calendar are considered um, what's that look like for you as far as preparing for these races obviously you need to get get your Loretta's qualifiers in um, but the approach to racing is a whole lot different today than it was um 15 years ago when or a lot of guys a lot of kids like young guys would just they'd race and race and race and race and race some more uh they would do loretta's obviously but uh there was a lot more gate drops throughout the year um what what's the approach for you guys now how many how many times throughout the the year do you find yourself behind a gate uh testing your metal against the other guys in your class um you know the the kind of higher up you go the less gate drops you you get it feels like so um, I mean, I don't get very many. Obviously, I have one in Arlington. I have one in Anaheim. And then I did an area uh, the weekend before Arlington. So that was my last one. But um, I'll be racing uh, after Daytona. I leave and I'll be gone 
in Texas for probably two weeks. I'll race Freestone for a couple days and then also the uh, Moto Playground spring and race. So um, that'll be obviously gate drops every single day after practice. So that's good. And that'll be helpful for, for sure. And good thing about those races is now they're finally putting on like longer motos for the A and the B class. So that's really good. And I'm excited for that. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that, that would definitely help out uh, as, as you're making the transition over to the pros. So when Daxon Bennick shows up to an area qualifier, I would imagine well, you're, you're the, an odds-on favorite to take the championship at the big show, let alone uh, like take down a moto win at a, at a regional or an area qualifier. Um, what's the vibe like there? Like, Is it just sort of like roll in, do my thing, blinders on, um, and just just get the result I need to to move forward and and continue like obviously it all comes down to a uh, picking clothespin when he once you get to the ranch but like do you ever run into some sort of static as far as like young guys who they have some support but not maybe as good a support as you do uh, and they get a better start and they want to make your life uh, a little bit miserable um, like uh, I'm sure you run into some characters along the way yeah for sure it's funny because. You know, at at like an area like that is not, which is not really a big deal at all. It's kind of I feel like I have more pressure, honestly, because I'm very, very expected to win, and I, I did win every moto, but I did have a terrible start, uh, one moto, and I had to go from dead last, and it it's crazy because I know these kids like when you're on the start like like they know who's behind you, like you know that bike's super loud, so they can hear me. And, like, whenever they hear me or they'll look back, like, their whole entire attitude changes. They go from just riding normal, and now they're, like, sending it as hard as they can, like, revving the bike, like, going crazy. So, normally, like, a lot faster than those guys. But still, it it makes it kind of hard to pass because, like, they're whipping off jumps and stuff, like, what you shouldn't be whipping off of. And it's like, yo, chill (laughs) out. Like, you're going to get us both killed. (laughs) Yeah, you're just, you're just like a grizzled veteran uh, veteran presence out there, aren't you? 17 years old. Yeah. yeah, that's what it feels like. Honestly, these kids are just going crazy, and I'm just riding. But at least I made it. I ran out of tariffs a couple hours for the checkers, but I made it to the front, so it's good. Yeah, it's taking care of business. I remember there's a famous story. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think it was at Bud's Creek. Or maybe it was. Uh, this is going way back in the day. I think this. It might have been Troy, Ohio, where James Stewart had twenty tear offs uh, loaded up on his Oakleys, and he sat there on the line and pulled every single one of them and said, "I won't be needing these." Took the whole shot and won. Yeah, that that's uh, another level of confidence. I need that for sure. Isn't yeah, it though? Like I literally, think- like I'm about to yeah. absolutely trounce you, fools. Like this isn't even gonna. This is gonna be work. Um. Yeah, he was he was a special guy. Who did you look up to? Who who did you uh, like racing uh, or watch racing? And if you say Ryan Villapoto, I might cry a little bit because I'm the same age as he is. Well, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's definitely Villapoto and Dungey for sure. Damn it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and you got to meet. You probably got to meet Dungey a, a ton of times riding KTM's. Uh, like, if, if as much as he you looked up to him, he was probably looking up to you. Honestly, it was like, oh, wow, I wish I went that fast on a fifty. <laughs> yeah um i actually met him at alden's when i was on uh, uh probably 85 i was good friends with shane mackrath and he was training there at the time so i went there to just watch him for a day and uh Dungey was there and i was a huge fan of him at the time still am he's he's done crazy good things in the sport so 
obviously he's he's really good. Um, and I've obviously always looked up to Cooper Webb. I've always I've always really liked Cooper Webb. Is there a nicer person in the sport of motocross than Shane McElrath? I, I've got time for Shane every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Yeah, it probably isn't for sure. No doubt, man. So, um, your goals for this particular season, obviously, uh, get through your qualifiers and, uh, and get to Loretta's, get some championships and turn pro. Um, but on top of that, like, what are some of the things that you're working on, uh, to, to like get your game better, drop your lap times and overall just feel more comfortable on that Yamaha of yours? Yeah. Um, well, right now is a big shift going from supercross from the last couple months to now i get i get to ride outdoors for a week and then i leave so um right now just be the bike's really good already just maybe fine-tune it just a little bit suspension i think could be a tad better really and um think that would be good some sometimes i deal with a little bit of on pump in the first motor or in the morning uh it'd be nice to work that out and um yeah that's really it just and I think I need more intensity sometimes at the practice track and at the race, but I think that can be fixed pretty easy. Yeah, just uh, like pretend like it's you back there and like put yourself in the shoes of the kids that go nuts with you behind them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know how that would feel. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting chased by myself. I don't like this. This is this is extra weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So, um, moving into like you said, you're going to be leaving the the goat farm. Are you going back home for a bit to ride your uh, your not so peaky supercross track? No, I'll be staying at the goat farm for a while right now. I've been here for um, I believe six months, so I'm, I'll still be here. And uh, I'm just leaving right after they tell me to go to Freestone and then the Moto Playground race, and then I'll be back at the goat farm. Okay, so that'll be cool. We'll have to uh, stay tuned for those results as well. Uh, Daytona, that's a that's a weird race altogether. It's different soil, different layout. Uh, the amateur track is a little bit different than the pro track, but for the most part, uh, maybe the, the, the strangest service that you get to race on all year long. Yeah, I'm not racing amateur day. Oh, okay. Because of that reason. Um, yeah. The, For that reason. The team said they didn't care a whole lot if I raced it. So I was like, yeah, I'm not racing that. <laughs> Just okay. The track's not. I think the track could be a lot better, honestly. Um, the pro track looks unreal. I mean, I would love to race it. And I, there'll probably be a day come where I do. And I can't wait to race the pro track, though. So when you think about turning pro, and I actually talked about this with Talon Hawkins, who uh, you were racing against him, and I believe you passed him for the lead, if I don't mind, uh, if I don't mind adding that as well. Uh, at the first futures, now he's racing in the big class. Uh, he's had some, he's had some up and down races for sure. Um, but I'd imagine that when he was uh, dreaming about turning pro, it was probably at Anaheim one. Uh, not Houston, and then the East Coast Supercross series. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you're you're more of an East Coast guy. Um, like, would you would when you think about turning pro in Supercross? Uh, do you think you'll be more of an East Coast guy or a West Coast guy? Um, I definitely think of an East Coast guy for sure. I've always been that. I've always been an East Coast guy. I've I've always loved the tracks over here. Not not. I'm not a big fan of California in general. I'm not, I hate the traffic there and, uh, the tracks are not the best either. So yeah, I've always been an East coast guy. I love it over here. I would never move to California. Yeah. So, sounds like you've been on the 91 freeway around four, uh, 4 PM. It is absolutely 
dreadful. Um, all right, man. Well, that that's all I have for you here on on a Monday morning. Uh, congratulations on uh, on navigating the slick surface of Arlington Supercross, grabbing yourself back to back. Uh, future wins, man. That's uh, that's a huge feather in your cap and a great way to roll on to the rest of your season. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely, man. I know you got a ton of great sponsors. I'll give you an opportunity to uh, rattle a few of those off as well as some other people you, I'm sure you'd love to thank. Yeah, the whole, obviously, the Star Racing Yamaha team, uh, Jensen, Swanee. I mean, really everyone in my corner, my mom, my dad, you know, everyone plays a huge part in it if it wasn't for them you know it'd be really really hard without them so yeah definitely make it possible right on man well do not hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're gonna cut it off right there okay